You're listening to the Twisted Sisters podcast with Allie, a fiery realtor queen, and Samantha, a gypsy wandering her way through life while navigating being a rock star woman with ADHD. Both are former teen moms of two who have faced challenging adversities. They're here to break stereotypes, get real with you about the messiness of life, and remind you that we're all just a little twisted. Hello and welcome to the Twisted Sisters. You are listening to one of your co-hosts, Samantha Mello and Allie Engren. Ooh, I was like whispering when that came out. We are here today and it's been a crazy awesome week. You guys just released the Ginny Prem and yes. I half the Twisted Sister yes. podcast. That's I like exciting. how you guys called it that on yours when you went on. Um, yeah. The seep was it the seep talk? That's yep. what it's called, right? I'm not yeah. botching that. Yeah, and you call it half the twist. Half the twist. That's perfect. He did that. I was like, that's good. Yeah, <laughs> yes. I love it. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's cute. <laughs> that's fun. Are you? I is she loving it? Is it? Are you guys getting any comments? Or? Yes. Yeah. I've. She sent me a lot of. Um, her people sending stuff saying, I've never heard of the Twisted Sisters. I love, I started listening to them. They're awesome. So oh, that's the I goal. Love that yeah. So much. I got told that I um, sound like Kristen, I'm going to botch her last name, Brustow. Have you heard of her? Mm-mm. No? no. I think she was like on The Bachelorette or something. Okay. So I was like, huh, we just did that episode of me complaining about my voice and then I got a compliment on <laughs> Isn't that how it works? Yes. Every time. Mm-hmm. I'm like readjusting here, guys. Sorry know, about so this. My, my like... um, headphones were pulling weird, so I just had to readjust a little bit. But um, we have a fun subject today. <laughs> kind of stemming off of all of that, don't you think? Yes, I do. Yeah, I think uh, it's, it's interesting because uh, in some of the work I've been doing, this was a subject that came up for me, and it's one that I have never talked about on here, not even in my interview that we did on I each know. other. <laughs> um, I don't talk about this at all, really, to people. It's one of those things I've kind of blocked out, mm-hmm. but this is going to be a good one because it's it's really funny that it came back around as I was going through um, one of the projects that I'm working on. And it came up for me in healing. And so it's going to be a good one. Yeah. I'm excited. What's funny is I obviously know your life because I've been a part of it for so long. But And when that our first episodes came out, I'm like, oh, we didn't even touch. She, like, we didn't even talk about it. No, I mm-hmm. think that was that was by my choice. Okay. Yeah, I, um, I don't know. I think I just... It's, it was, it's, it will get into it. It's a tough yeah. one because I, there's so many emotions wrapped up into it, but it was so short lived too, in a way that it was kind of better to just forget about it mm-hmm. and f- feel like it kind of never happened in a way. Yeah. Um, and it's a little touchy because, and now will get into this. And for me and my healing, I've, I've learned that, um, that was, a little bit of a catalyst into a lot of my next relationships. So I, I agree with that. Um, obviously, we figure that out as we go, but mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's interesting. So, what are we talking about today, Allie? We are talking about divorce. Divorce. The big D. The big <laughs> Not D. Not double D. The yeah. big D. <laughs> 
Divorce, relationships, ending, all the stuff. Yes. I feel like it's a good it's a good one to talk about after that one. And I think we all have stories, men, women. Yeah. Um, of bad relationships, good relationships, people that were the catalyst into helping us change. I agree with that. And I think just with it all too, just how we are in the world today, like and we'll read some statistics for you, but I love that people are waiting to get married because yeah. when we were growing up, we were kind of that last generation that it was like you get married, have a baby, yeah. and go on with your fairy tale life. Yeah. And that's not the reality of yeah. it. Like the only way to do life was if you had a family and if you had a baby. Yes. Baby, it was your responsibility to create a family mm-hmm. and do all the things. And we can thank Disney for that. Yeah. I know. I remember when that was an aha moment for me of how Disney really fucked up my um, idea of like relationships. Yes. I can go through every single part of my life and relate it to like a Disney movie. Absolutely. Oh, that was um, where I thought I could change him Mm -hmm. and he was going to magically turn into a prince. (laughs) And oh, that was that was where I was able to look past all of the uh, red flags (laughs) Thinking um, he was going to turn from a beast right. into a prince. Right. <laughs> like, He's going to save me. Yes. <laughs> come up to my tower and yes. we're going to live happily ever after. <laughs> it does not happen. No. I mean, some people it does. I shouldn't say that because there's, there's always the exception to everything. But it takes a willing participant. <laughs> it does. And I think, yeah, you can have your fa- fairy tale, but it's never going to be rainbows and butterflies all the fucking time. No, because we're all human. Yeah. And we all are dealing with our own shit. And And we're growing as people every single day. And you either grow together or you grow apart. And then you add kids into the mix. Mm -hmm. Let me tell you, you add kids into the mix and that's that's a whole other thing. It is. Because if you're like, you know, you only have so much to give. And if somebody's lacking in attention or love and you're not getting that validation from your partner anymore. And I think too... All of our podcasts leading up to this have been huge because it it really comes down to so much self-work, self-care. And it's if we can teach our younger generations anything, for me, it would say, take care of yourself. Learn how to love yourself. Work through the emotions that you weren't allowed to feel as a child. Work through the emotions as to why you feel the need to be in constant communication with somebody like all the things you're looking from from usually a partner or a friend from somebody else and fill that in yourself because once you do like that person is just going to come into your life and you guys are going to match and you're going to meet at the same wavelength and it's it's not going to be so much of a hassle of trying to meet each other in the middle but you can be opposites in me. It's just going to take a lot more work, a lot more compromise, right? A lot more understanding, a lot more learning how to learn each other's love languages and all the things. And, and if you're willing to do that, absolutely. I think they can all work in different ways. They can. I think it's what you choose every day. But like you said before, making sure you truly know exactly who you are. Yeah. Absolutely. And what you need in a partner and yeah. what you'll put up with yeah. with a partner. Well, I, it helps to know yourself. It helps to it understand. Does. Like, 
what am I wanting? What do I need? And then can I, is that something I can fill in myself? Um, but it is, it is hard being alone. It's lonely sometimes, yeah. you know, so mm-hmm. it's nice to have that, that person to do life with. Mm-hmm. That's always awesome. And, and when you have a family and you're putting into each other, like you're creating a legacy yeah. and you're building trust and a bond. And there's somebody there that has your back no matter what. Um, obviously you have ups and downs. It's hard when you both go through things at the same time it and is. everything else, but that commitment and that loyalty and that person to, um, just sit on the couch next to each other, right? That mm-hmm. energy of just the being things next you take to for each granted other sometimes. is beautiful. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. We wanted to start off with some statistics. We did. All right. So... In 2022, the divorce rate in America was 2.3 per 1,000, which is a decline compared to previous decades, especially between 1960 and 1990. Contrary to experts' predictions, the divorce rate in America fell by 12% during COVID-19 pandemic. Does that mean they just couldn't go to the courthouse to get divorced? (laughs) That's what was my first thought, too. I don't know. Or were they just stuck and have to deal with each other? You can't run away. Yeah. You can't run away. You can't go no. be with your mistress or your yeah. your mister, mister, mister. What do you call that? Gigolo. <laughs> your mister. Um, it's interesting. And I have no idea. It'd be, it'd be a good one to get into. I think I'm a product of... COVID-19 getting your marriage back on track I mean I I can sit here and I think it was you know I tell him I'm like it was sheer panic on both of our (laughs) ends of what we got to homeschool the kids we have to we got to work together whether we want to or not right now yeah we don't you know his mom is a RN and it was like when that first week came out with everything I was like the kids and you need to come here because we didn't know what was happening yeah we got to unite yeah well, and you guys were separated at we that were. time. So yeah. what you're talking about is you guys were separated mm-hmm. and this started happening and it was like, we got to figure this out. We yeah. got to unite. Right. He was living in his mom's and that's why I brought up the whole RN thing. I was like, she's in the hospital. Like, I don't know what she's going to bring home. No offense, mother-in-law. I love you. But I was like, you need to come here and we need to. Well, and just being locked up and all the yeah. things. You just It was so, un- it was such an unpredictable time. It was. I was, I loved it, to be honest, because I was already sick and miserable. I'm not sick, but I mean, it, it kind of was. I was miserable, you know, and so I was like, ah, great. Everybody's joining in on my misery. Yep. This is amazing. What a time to be alive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the divorce rate among couples aged 25 to 39 is 24 per 1,000 persons. Older couples divorce less frequently. There are 21 divorces per 1,000 persons among adults between 40 and 49 years of age, while the divorce rate for couples older than 50 is 10 per 1,000 adults. So if you can make it past a certain point, and I think there has to be something to say about that, because you do learn so much about yourself in your 30s. Yes. I can't speak for 40s. I'm not quite there yet. But Mm -hmm. I can just about imagine if this is where I'm at in my 30s, how even more into yourself you're in your 40s, 50s, 60s. Yeah. And just kind of like how they talked about like 
it fell, like we're in a decline right now of divorce rates. I think it's because people are waiting longer to yeah, get married. Absolutely. So not as many people are getting married off the bat. And that's why it's between so 1960 and 1990, you were finally freaking allowed to get divorced if you wanted to. And it's really strange to me because I, I feel like on social media and things around us, it feels like everybody's getting divorced. Yeah. Like I personally, I would say around what I'm seeing or people that I'm connected to, it really feels like there's a lot of people getting mm-hmm. divorced a lot more or are people just more open about it right now right. or now that with social media yeah. because there's, you know, that whole, <clears throat> there's like a whole frenzy of, of women like normalize, you know, getting divorced and um, like relearning yourself and, and all the things. And it's, it seems like there's quite a, a big group out there in that, but I have no idea. No, I think it's... I'm so checked out of the marriage, divorce, relationship side. I think it's just a natural fluctuation of our age and where we are at too. Oh, that's true. Because the average marriage, I believe, is like seven years because they call it the seven-year itch, right? And I was right at seven years being married when we separated, which is so weird. I'm like a total statistic over here. (laughs) (laughs) But um, I think it's just crazy that I think women rights are like it's the woman revolution right now too where we're like fighting for we need to get paid more. I think a lot Mm -hmm. of the time some women stay in marriages because he's the breadwinner and you're not allowed to go out. You're responsible for the children and you need to work part time. And it's always that I don't know how to leave Mm -hmm. because I don't have that out. I won't make enough money to support myself on my own. You know, I, I feel like a good question or debate or understanding of what, you know, what are the things that make divorce seem to be okay? Like, what are the non-negotiables for that? Like, what happens where people are like, oh, yeah, that's understandable? Or no. And I was thinking about that last night. My son had a lacrosse game down in Rochester, so I had an over an hour drive. And um, it was like, what are the standards? What are the common I would say standards among the U.S. that make it for people to say like oh yeah that's understandable right or that that seems okay Mm -hmm. and I couldn't really it's so hard for me because I have such a wide open mind of like it's personal to each person but it was interesting it was it I was curious about how people would what which you know is it cheating is it finances is it abuse is it like what are the things that make it okay and what are the things that they say oh no that like you need to work past that Mm -hmm. you know what are the subjects like what are the and I have no idea because I've I've never been in that place but I don't know I think it like you said like it's each case by case really yeah like incompatibility I think is like the number one leading cause of divorce you're just not compatible yeah and two like what makes you not compatible why are you compatible before why are you not compatible now like it's growing together it's growing apart Mm -hmm. which I know we change so much but when does it become you made a vow Mm -hmm. and you made a commitment and you 
you choose to work through that no right. matter what. Yeah. And when is it, you know what I'm saying? I do. And when does it become <clears throat> like that this is going nowhere and it's doing more damage than good. Yeah. And, and uh, it does. I think it is so, it's so individualized, but it, it it's tough. I think it just really opens that conversation up to understanding yourself and when it's time it's like people I've talked to that have gotten divorced I think the hardest part is making that decision oh yeah and justify learning how to justify it to yourself absolutely and it's really hard when you're comfortable it is and you guys have the house and you have the kids and you have all the things you're going on vacations and you're doing all the things but you haven't had any emotional connection in years and you know, or she's drinking ridiculous amounts and he's working 24-7 and, you know, just all the things. I think it's just having that, making that commitment, like you said, to one another to have those check-ins. Mm-hmm. Because we do get, I mean, I've been there. We had, we were crazy in love. We've been crazy in love since we were teenagers. Like, it was always the back and forth thing, though, of like, well, we also want to date other people because we're young and dumb and... We screw things up and then we both went out and had our own babies and and then it was like, well, we both have babies. Let's get together. Like this makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like let's reconnect on things. And but we were so freaking young. We didn't even know who the heck we were at all. Mm-hmm. Not one bit. It was more we are so poor and broke and all of our friends are out having fun. Let's get together and make our own fun. And we did. Yeah. And we had tons of fun. We had tons of drama between his baby mama and my baby daddy. Like it was, but we still had that check-in with one another to make sure that the other one was doing okay. We had that respect for one another. But then you grow. Mm -hmm. And then you're looking at things going, I don't agree with what you're doing right now. And vice versa. Mm -hmm. And one ends up on the couch downstairs, one ends up in the bed, and then you lose that check-in with one another. You don't date each other. Yeah. One's running one kid one way, one way, one's running the other kid another way. You have your work relationships. You have your social life on your own because you're starting to branch out where it's not this union yeah. anymore. And you're really wondering, what the fuck do I want out of life right now? Yeah. Is this what I want? The everyday thing going in the motions of this? Nobody wants that. No. <laughs> then you don't. think about when you're young and that how the, how much fun it was and yeah. The excitement yes. that you had all the time. Mm-hmm. And that's, I mean, that's the 20s too though. It's yeah. Like everything is just very <clears throat> exciting and fresh and new. And then as you get older and you get more comfortable. I feel like somebody usually gets stuck in that and the other person's like, I'm ready to grow up. Yep. And then they both grow up and then the other person who grew up faster is like, okay, this is kind of sucks. <laughs> what was the point? Yeah, like, <laughs> this isn't fun anymore. I want to have fun. And then the other partner's like, no, I finally, I grew, finally up. grew up. Like, I want to hang out yes. at home. And you're like, take me on a freaking date, <laughs> <Right>. man. <laughs> and that's exactly what happened to us. My husband did not want to grow up. He wanted to go to work. He wanted to go to the bar after work and have social hour. Well, while I was home doing daycare or finally got into real estate, 
And I was stuck at home with the kids all freaking day long. Granted, I love them to death, but that can really consume your life. Mm -hmm. I was gaining weight. I was not happy with where I was in my life. Mm -hmm. But yet I was trying to pinch every penny for us so we could do the things that we needed to do while he was just out doing his thing. And it... Resentment grew. Resentment grew. And, you know, I didn't do the best thing in our relationship. I found comfort somewhere else, you guys. I found comfort where I needed to find that comfort in an unexpected place. But then you you feel that guilt and it was it wasn't the right thing to do to find comfort in another person by any kind of means. But I needed that to be able to take that branch to tell my husband I want to separate. Mm-hmm. I mean, because too. And I know I, I was went through this with both of yeah. you guys. You know, and you guys had many conversations leading up. It wasn't like <clears throat> one night I'm not getting what I want. Right. You know, the, these, you know, that's the thing about marriages. And, and you communicate and you communicate. And I feel like sometimes with one partner or the other, I, I like to say men and women, but I'm not going to generalize like that right now. But. It's like somebody hears it, but they don't believe you. Mm-hmm. And you're going, no, I'm not happy. Mm-hmm. No, I'm not happy. No, I'm not happy. Until you're like, I told you I wasn't happy. Right. Yeah. I remember sitting down in our basement couch and it was like nine o'clock at night. He had just got home from work and he, I feel like still had on his like neon <laughs> striped <Best>. jacket. <laughs> yes. And I sat down there. And I told him, I am not happy. And he blew up. And I just remember that next day, like, he made me, you know, feel like a piece of crap. Because I, on his end, I was staying home with the kids. Like, he was providing for our whole family. I was being ungrateful. And that made me really feel like crap. Because Mm. then I was like wow, what are you doing? Like it took me a long time to really come out of that, that I was not being selfish because I felt really selfish that day that I wasn't happy because I was like, what are, what is so bad about your situation, Allie? And I think that's what women do too, is they sit there and go, well, I'm, what's wrong with my situation? There's nothing. I could be way worse. I could be living in Africa and not have a pot to piss in. Or I could, you know, and that's, I think that's what a lot, why a lot of people stay in relationships too, because they're complacent or they just think that they don't deserve the whole package in a way. I think logically we can understand the situation. Logically we can look at it and be like, well, we have it made. Logically we can do that. But reality and reality is, is those are just how, that's how you're feeling. Yeah. And your feelings are valid. Your feelings are legit no matter why how where it came from you're feeling it yeah and that's that in itself is like I'm not happy I don't know if it's in myself Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's with us but I'm just not feeling Mm this um I think it's really hard this these these days I mean it just for the human race probably in general it's you aren't when you grow into an adult you have to be strong. You mm-hmm. have to provide. You have to do all of these things. And especially for men, there's different things. And and women too, though. You you have to be <clears> – <throat> you don't have to, but 
it's expected of you to be that motherly. You're, you're going to take care of the chores or do things and, and vice versa. Um, but you're not allowed to feel anymore because if you show that feeling and if you show that it's weakness, you're not succeeding, you're not doing well, maybe you're not growing and, and we're, we learn to shut that down. We do. We learn to push it down. We learn not to feel it mm-hmm. because we, we've learned that adults, when you become an adult and when you grow up, this is required from yes. you. Yes. And especially when you grow up in such a traditional Midwestern family. Yeah. And I can't speak for the South or the East or West or whatever, but I feel like, especially in little hunky-dory Minnesota sometimes, it's required the man goes to work, the wife gets to stay home, mm-hmm. you provide for the children, you do all the doctor's appointments, you do all the dentist's, like you're doing, you're running your household, and this is required of you. Mm-hmm. And I didn't grow up in a traditional Minnesota family, but I grew up in a very traditional town, and this is what everybody did. Mm-hmm. And I remember as a little girl looking at all these women who had married their high school sweethearts. And I was like, I want that for my life because I didn't have that with my parents and that was super important to me. Mm -hmm. But little did I know when you get into it, (laughs) and it works for some people. Yeah. Just in my experience, I was like, I just want more for myself. I love my children, but I need a life outside of just my children. Yeah. Yeah, especially when you're growing up and you have children young i i had hayden uh, at 19 yeah and his dad and i you know it was i was never a huge relationship person throughout high school i had a boyfriend i had but i was really just doing my thing mm-hmm. for the most part and uh, we had him and you grow up really fast but i grew up in a very traditional home it was said to me multiple times well you made this choice so you guys need to you guys need to step up and be responsible. Yeah. You know, so actually Hayden's dad asked me to marry him. I said yes hesitantly. Um and it just was not sitting right. I I knew we were not in love. I knew we were not a good match. We were very different people. Um I was doing it to make everybody else happy. Yeah. And you know, you do crave that family dynamic absolutely and so I um called it off and I and people were mad but it was it was very scary Mm -hmm. but um I remember you calling me about it I I know he was really looking back I'm sure everybody involved understands now right yes his family my family time goes on and people are like oh yeah you guys were totally not supposed to be together and you're like why didn't you say that when I was younger yeah so it's like (laughs) you know you go through that but I was very much left in a place where I was watching all my friends start these families with a lot of their high school similar you know you're watching people connect all around you and I was single mom in it feeling very lonely a lot not quite knowing which direction to go in life. And um, two, I think when you're surrounded by that traditional lifestyle, I felt personally that I needed a man in order to... Fit in. No, just take care of me financially, have that, um, that, you know, that partnership in order to move forward. 
because it is a lot harder to financially support yourself yeah. on your own to get a new place to front everything is just when you combine two household incomes versus one it is very it is different it is and what you're able to do so it was like I craved that that help that support and um I ended up meeting a guy he was awesome we hit it off very fast um I still didn't quite know myself Hayden was about four at this time three and a half three and um we fell madly in love very fast, very, very fast. We were together about a year. We went on a vacation and I said, well, what's kind of next? And he said, you should get married. I thought I was joking. And he's like, I go, seriously? And he's like, yeah, we're just together anyways. And that was my proposal. And I was like, okay, that sounds great. So we got excited. We decided to plan the wedding. I'm not a big huge wedding person so it was like let's do something kind of fun smaller we end up get we couldn't afford a a ring that should have been one of my first signs right he had his own company and uh it was a seal coating company so it was it was starting off small but i i had no clue about anything i was just listening to what i was told and you believed every single aspect but we were still having a lot of fun we went out we had a great group of friends yeah you did we had so much fun together and um the time is coming up for us to get married and we just it was hard it felt like there was definitely signs prior to it I had gotten my mom and my real dad's wedding ring and I said I love this ring we can use this my Mom and my stepdad had upgraded her ring, and they had the diamond from their old one, which we put in that one. So it was this perfect combination, and I loved it. And we got it all put together, and I told them, I said, I would really love if you could do something romantic for me. If you could create a proposal, even though I know we're together, if you could do something, because I felt like all of that excitement and that... um, romance just wasn't in it because Mm -hmm. it was so matter of fact in a way and we went I went to go meet him we were picking up one of his work trucks and he goes hey I forgot I got something I was like what and he throws me something and I catch it and I open it and it's the ring and I looked at him and I started bawling and he's like what is something wrong and I said no but I'm so sad right now. Like, mm-hmm. I just was so sad that that was how it was given to me, right. everything in between. And I knew he had planned nothing. And I, rem- I went home and I just bawled. And my mom came in and she was just like, it's all he knows. He, like, he, and I'm looking back, I'm, I'm so sick of excuses being made for people because they yes. don't know better or right. that they're doing you know what they and it's yes. like that's not an excuse no. I verbally I said it I know I said this mm-hmm. I asked for this and it was just dismissed and, and if you don't know the answer go ask somebody right go ask your mom go ask yeah. his mom and like what should I do because I don't know what to do right and that was one <laughs> of those things it was a sign for me right away of 
I this isn't what I want in a partner. Not that I'm looking for some crazy romantic gesture all the time, but I am, I do have that in me, and I do like to feel special, mm-hmm. and I I like somebody to think of me mm-hmm. in those ways, especially when I verbalize it and I say, "Yes, can you please help fill this in me?" And um, so I started becoming a lot more hesitant at that point. But we got married. It was beautiful. It was at my parents' house. And uh, I think we were engaged for like six months, maybe. We got married in July. And then that following fall, I ended up getting kidney stones. And, um, well, in August, I got kidney stones. I went out for my best friend's wedding. I got kidney stones out there, got through it, came home. By September, the end of September, I ended up having kidney stones again. They were too large to pass. Um, The ER misdiagnosed me um i ended up starting to crash they sent me to rochester mayo and when i got there my lungs were collapsing i was coding um it was crazy intense i should be dead i was going septic she should so my blood sepsis for those of you guys who don't know um is when your blood is poisoned from the inside and as that poison blood gets pumped throughout your body your organs will start to fail when it hits your heart normally you're dead like once that infection hits your heart you are done um but i was not some magical by the grace of god um they were able to get a main line in my neck i remember blood i mean i was in and out of it but i was in the icu for about seven days after that so it was touch and go for quite a while and he was there and this is in the beginning of our marriage and um i remember waking up to my mom i they didn't know i was awake to my mom yelling at him saying you're gonna go sit with your wife and just go be by her. Like, just go be with her. There's nothing you can do, but you need to just go be with her. And he wasn't. He was not around. He did not know how to handle the situation at all. Um, his family came to visit, and I loved his family very much. But they went, I was in the ICU, and they went to dinner, and they came in, and they're laughing down the halls, and they all had drinks at dinner, and just no, no idea of the fact that an ICU is where people are dying. Yeah. Like somebody can die. Like you, you have to show some respect. And I, I just, I don't think I, they really understood the magnitude of what was actually going on, which now looking at that would make sense as to why he did not as well. Right. So it was, um, things I obviously didn't process a lot of this while I was in there, but as the, as when I finally got out of the hospital and home, I was tiny. I had lost all this weight. I had, um, it was a tough recovery. I, I had to have shots. I mean, it was just all of these things. And um, I had follow-up appointments and he never brought me to a single one. Um, I remember there was a, a time where my mom and my dad couldn't bring me and my I'm going to cry. Um, my grandpa had to bring me. And it was devastating. Yeah. It was really hard to be like, you're supposed to be my husband. Like we just said, until death do us part. 
And we just said, in sickness and in health, we said these vows. And I took it so seriously. Even though I had reservations, I took it very, very seriously. And all that kept repeating in my head, and this was such a short period of time, was just that I, like, I don't, this is your moment. Like, I needed, I need you. I need you to show up. up. I need you here. And I'm having to beg you. My mom's begging you to go spend time with me. Mm -hmm. I'm begging you to take me to an appointment. Just all the things. And I can look and I can understand that we had a, you know, he had a business to run, but he had a business partner. Right. You know, like there was just all of these situations that it was devastating. I was, I felt left. I felt abandoned in my worst moment. Mm -hmm. And I was in my early 20s. So I was probably 23 at this time. And uh, I, it was hard because when I talked about how hurt I was, excuses were made for him. Excuses were made. My feelings were never validated in those moments. And um, I, October hit and I was very, very angry at him. I resented him a great ton. Because I was expected to just go back. I was expected to just become back into this place. And I was not the same. I knew I wasn't. I had just approached death in such a major way. (laughs) In the most dramatic way I had ever even experienced in, in my life. And there was no support it felt like except for my my mom and my dad right and um and you had a son and I had a son needing to be a mom (laughs) and the help with that entails it was wild and so you're I was processing everything but I became very very resentful and I knew and just blocking out feeling at that point so I, I I knew I hit a point um I knew in my heart of hearts that I was I was Never going, I, I w- wasn't going to be able to forgive him for this and trust him for a very long time. And I was like, you know what? We haven't been married very long. This is what went through my head was we've only been married for, you know, six, seven months, um, eight months. And I said, we have nothing together. We don't have any kids together. We haven't bought a house together. Um, this is, if I'm going to do it at any time, it needs to be now because I will not. And I, I ended up having this conversation with him and it was very hard, but it was like, I will not be able to make any movement forward with you for a while because, and at the same point, I'm not willing to wait until I'm on my deathbed again to see if you're going to show up. To see if you've changed. Yeah. Like I'm not willing to go through a life altering moment to see, hey, did you learn? Like it, I was not willing to risk it no. again. I said, and so I made, I made a vow to myself, which I have re- retracted that vow in my healing now, but it was, I will never let somebody do this to me again. I will never be that vulnerable with somebody again. I will never open myself in a way like that again and um we did we got divorced and um by spring 
and he ended up with an, a girl by that summer and they were engaged and um, it was crazy wild because during the divorce, during that separation, it was, I love you and I'll do anything. And I was like, then show me, yeah. like be consistent. Let's do this. And mm-hmm. so when I found out that he had moved on so quickly, quickly. it wasn't surprising at all. But at the same but point, it was very devastating. A punch to the gut. Like, yeah. Was I that replaceable? Right. And I don't get me wrong. I was going out. I was, oh, yeah. I was having fun, but I definitely was not in a relationship with, I wasn't even close to being in anything like that or um, in that situation, but I, you know, that really started my journey in picking predictable men. I, I already knew that they were kind of red flags. I knew that I was better in a sense, not better, but I knew that I was ahead. I had control in the situation. And um, if I was going to be with somebody, they better be hot. I make have fun with them, right? And some kind of chemistry. But I, I really knew that I was never probably going to fully open up in a way that I should. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I was okay with it. And so I just dated sporadically throughout that. And I dated some great people and I dated some really not so great people. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, it's kind of wild that it was, I, I look back and I realize, you know, we were, to, we were together for maybe two years total. And so a lot happened in those, but, uh, it was definitely a catalyst into my, my life of romance and dating. And, uh, I'm grateful for it now. I learned a lot. Oh, we, yeah. But I agree with that on that yeah. end. Yeah. But I don't talk about it. This no. was it's the first time I've really ever talked about it. Um, we did end up meeting up quite a few years later. He broke up with the, the lady he was engaged to. Um, and reached out. He wanted to meet for dinner, and I, I actually agreed, and because you both needed that healing. Yeah, and he was he he, and I'll say any time I talk about him, he was a great. He is. He's a he great is. guy. He yeah. has a great heart. Do I think he didn't know how to handle the situation? Not at all. No. But do I hope he learned from it? Absolutely. And he ended up genuinely apologizing. He took responsibility for. And I was able to cry and, and just say how it had affected me. And we had a great it – was, it was after that moment. It was actually right before I met Matt that that happened. Um, but I felt a huge release with it. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I realized how much I carried a lot of that with me for the next how many years in my life. Um, but I was single for a long time throughout all of that. And I – my, my trust and being vulnerable with people and being in that feminine definitely changed a lot because, uh, I mean, how do you recoup from that? That was a, that was a really tough one. I'm still recouping. I'm still I learning. We, I'm still healing from it. I was it. just going to say, because, I mean, I kind of had the same situation in a way with my first son's father of like being open and I remember it was Christmas and we were sitting down in my parents basement and he handed me a ring and I was like oh okay I was not expecting this and I thought it was just like this like promise ring thing and all of a sudden he goes we're engaged and I was like no we're not and I knew when I spewed that out of my mouth 
that I was not in love with this man. Yes, we were about to have a baby, but I was not in love with this man. Yeah. And then I had to like move out of my parents' house because I couldn't have a baby in my parents' house. And we went and got this apartment and he struggled so bad with drug addiction and alcohol addiction. And I remember sitting there big and huge going like, man, I didn't even know what drugs were. <laughs> yeah. You don't realize. I'm like, do I even know this person? Well, we're just naive. We are. We're, and we're not naive. We just, we don't know what you don't know. No. And I had maybe smoked pot like once in my life. Mm-hmm. And this, then girls were like, yeah, he does like meth. And I'm like, I don't even know what meth really even is. Yeah. And then just going and. He tells me he doesn't. I know he doesn't. <laughs> He says he doesn't. I asked him straight yes. out. <laughs> and just being vulnerable with this person and not even, like, you're living with a stranger. Mm-hmm. They come home and they're in different personality mode. But this is just the life that you're living. I felt like trash. I just felt like straight up trash. And then you go and, like, in your scenario, you jump to the next thing. Jump to the next thing. And it was great. We It was comfortable. We both mm-hmm. knew each other. He was safe. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't safe. No. No. So then you panic even more. And all I wanted to do was get married because then I got pregnant again. And it was like, I need to get married because I'm so embarrassed that I have two kids with two different dads and I'm 21, 22 years old. Mm-hmm. We need to get married. And we sat there. And it was, okay, I'm going to go get the ring and we're going to get married because he also was going to adopt my son. And that's what it was also about. Yeah. Because he needed to have benefits. And it was like I was doing this for my son in a way we're rushing things. But I, when you said he threw the ring at you, like that was your proposal. Yeah. Mine was the same thing. It was like spur of the moment, hot potato. I can't have this ring. He gave it to Everett and Everett came up and handed me like like flumsily like. And it was cute. Like don't get me wrong. But when you go back to that, that was like Disney Hayden's dad proposal, like I, I, I come home from school, I think it was, and I had walked up. We were living at his mom's at the time, and I walked upstairs, and Hayden had brought me. You know, it was like everything was like nothing had been cleaned up, <laughs> nothing had been done. Like it was just like he, and he, he had them. It looked like he just rustled them right. together, yeah. and then like did it, and I just was like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> You don't even process it. And it wasn't like an, ex- it was exciting, but it, at the same point it was like, I say it was exciting, but if I was truly being honest, it was more of a shock and like trying to, I had no idea that it was even something on the radar, you yeah. know, but he, I know that he was doing it because my parents were saying mm-hmm. like, you should do this and this mm-hmm. is responsibility and everybody around us was saying that and it was like. You know, but I think in my heart of hearts, I knew him. I could feel it. You know, like it wasn't something he wanted to do. He wasn't ready yeah. for that. And neither was Mike at and that neither time was either. I. No. Like, <laughs> yeah. I think, you know, now is probably a good time to give advice for people younger. And it's my advice to you young girls, I would say women, uh, figuring out relationship and life is that take your time you're not in a rush no and the advice that I wish somebody would have given me at that time was that 
you are your own person. Mm -hmm. You have your own beliefs. You have your own trauma. You have your own everything, right? Personality, things that make you happy, things that make you feel loved, things that hurt you, things that you don't like, and that's totally okay. And just really sit and learn with yourself. Be single for a year. Give yourself a year of solid being. I mean, you can date, but be single. Don't be in a relationship. Don't give to anybody else for a solid year and see how much you learn about yourself. You have to be happy with yourself before you can be happy with anybody else. Yeah. That was one of the most... I think this has been one of the most... um, beneficial things for me after Matt passed was being single for almost three years you know I had that short little relationship here this um end of fall winter but um really being single and I mean I talked to people and I went on dates but truly being single and on my own Mm -hmm. and alone and understanding how to be comfortable in that and how to show yourself that it was a true catalyst into my healing and it forces you to really sit down um, because I, I, in my life, I've always wanted to earn love. I wanted to do things. Please. Please, yes. Um, and it's it's all backwards. It's all very, very and backwards. I can relate with that absolutely too. Just pleasing and trying to make yeah. everybody happy. Yeah. And then you, you know, for me, got separated and I just, like, I had never lived life really in my Mm -hmm. adulthood before. I was just strapped to my house most of the time being a mom. And it was like I got this, like, freedom and I joined this real estate team and we were going to conventions and I was making my own money and I was traveling and just, like, really sitting with myself and being like what does Allie like Mm -hmm. Allie has never been able to know what Allie likes because she's never had a second to think about what she liked and I love it or somebody to say what do you like you know and that's that's the thing too is like we surround ourselves with people that just take and take and Mm -hmm. you don't even realize it when you're younger you don't even realize that nobody's asking you what do you want to do how do you feel where do you want to go and it's it's when I date now and you it's you know as you I think level up I guess in a way right as you get to that point I don't even I don't even inter- I don't even have people trying to entertain me <laughs> that are at that yes. level anymore you know mm-hmm. I really have I don't mm-hmm. I, my inboxes are so dull lockdown my phone is dull I, I nobody even attempts anymore. But I think that's because I've set the boundary and yes. I really learned who I am. And it's very much like if, if you can't um, meet me here and in this place, like there's nothing wrong with you. Mm-hmm. But I, I love that my window is smaller. It makes it a lot easier to make a decision or yes. when something comes in, it's, it's not this. You're not I have settling. all these people, <laughs> and you know, and it was, I was in my, I remember during that time between my divorce and. And that, like, I, I had so, I was always talking to so many people and meeting people. And it was fun. Don't get me wrong. I had a, I had a very fun dating life for quite, for a little while there. But um, the, you just learn, you, you look back and you see what you were attracting to. Yeah. You know, and it was, it was good. And they were great. But um, 
I really like where I'm at now. (laughs) And everybody is too. They're put into your life for a reason to learn and grow from things. It's just when we separated and I had I had found comfort in this man and it was just showing me not even about the like that finding that comfort in him. It was just finding comfort in myself, you know, being that mentor to me to to take the risk and find what makes you happy. Yeah. And that's why he was put in my life for. Yeah. And it wasn't my business partner. Because <laughs> I know from last week there's going to be questions on that. Yeah. But it it was a tough time in my life. But I'm so thankful that I had that time in my life and yeah. had that that person that just you could bounce stuff off of. Granted, I had you, but you were also going through. Oh, I was a hot mess. You were pregnant. You were. Yeah, I was a hot mess. Like, but yeah, that I was, was when you were going through what you were going through with your septic. Like, I was in a whole yeah. different world. Then I went of- through sepsis again. <laughs> I know. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Then I was, yeah, I had the tube in my back. I was pregnant with Lorelai, and it was wild. Yeah. No, it is. And I think. Like you said, people are there. And I can even tell you people that I've, you know, even talked to and went on a few dates were catalysts into getting to me where I'm at now. Like, you know, one of the guys, so great. They're all honestly amazing. And But he taught me that I deserve to have nice things. <laughs> and I deserve to, like, go travel and do something for myself. Like, he encouraged me. But by living the way he lived, it wasn't, he was, he wasn't giving me anything, nothing like that, but it was that excitement. And I said, I love the way you live and that is how I want to live. And it was like, it made me reach for that and push a little harder and go a little deeper. And, you know, another one was more of an emotional, you know, Mm -hmm. learning of like, I've learned what I don't like, I've learned how to set up a boundary and I learned how to cut this off sooner than I ever would have in the past yeah. instead of going with it, going with things, thinking it was me, putting the blame on me and instead of saying like, nope, this isn't right. Mm-hmm. And it's it all, it all brings you to that place. It does. And because they're too, they're fighting things on their yeah. end. Like we're all just a bunch of fucked up people walking around until we like finally yeah. figure out like, well, oh. Just finding comfort. I mean, <laughs> yes. we are human. We are meant to be with other humans. Like we are meant to co- cohabitate. Right. And we are meant for relationship. We are meant for love. Yes. We are meant for compassion. We are meant to do life together. There's a reason that they say it takes a village to raise a kid. Yeah. We're meant to do life together. Mm-hmm. And it's just really hard when we're all also a little fucked up. Yes. <laughs> but I tell you why, like, I love relationship with people. Mm-hmm. I do. I love that no matter how it is in my life. Mm-hmm. And you learn to appreciate it. But I, it is. It's all. It all goes down to your growth. But it was kind of nice talking about this today. At yeah. least like I got something off my chest in a way. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I think it's just knowing like, you know, Mike and I ended up, you know, g- getting back together and we just had to, we didn't go to therapy. We didn't, I wanted to go to couples therapy, but COVID hit and nobody, we could have done online, but we're just not online people. And we had to work really, really hard to get to where we are today. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, we still have our issues. You will always have issues. It's just who shit you want to put up with. That's really what marriage is. No. But we had to set our boundary. I don't like when you do this. And I require this from you. I require to have a date night where it can be at home. We can go sit and play a board game. We can go sit and do something together. We can go for a walk. It doesn't have to cost money because I think in the world right now, it's just all these like, I need these extravagant things. And we talked about our proposal and wanting like that one romantic gesture. But I think it's just, it's taking the time, the quality time. I think Our, it's more than that. Like, I think it's just the thought. It's that yes. somebody thinks of you and they know you. It's, yes. It's that your partner undoubtedly knows and who it, you are right. and says, hey, I see you. Because yeah. we didn't need like, an I extravagant no, not at doves all. flying. I, I would have had a fake. Being on the twins game no. TV. You could have given me a pop. <laughs> That's ring, right. you know. It's just the moment. Yeah, and but if you would have had me at my favorite park, mm-hmm. I would have said, "Oh, you know me." Yes. Like this is my favorite right. park. Whatever it is, mm-hmm. right? Or I love pizza, and you put, "Will you marry me on pizza?" <laughs> my one of my best friends, her husband, asked her on cheesecake. She loved cheesecake, but he spelled "Mary" as in like "Merry Christmas." I mean. <laughs> <laughs> It's the cutest thing ever. That like, but it was cute. like totally them. Yes. And like it's so sweet. I, I one of my favorite things to ask people is how did you ask how did you guys get I, engaged? I, I love too. hearing that story. Because you can just see when it was a good one. Well, and you see them light <laughs> up like, when yeah, they talk that's what about it. Say. It's like they remember when they met yes. and they remember that excitement. And mm-hmm. that is like I'm like, oh, it's so it's fun to see them connect. Especially when they have been married for like 50 years and yeah. they still have that twinkle in their eye towards each other because that is so important because when Mike comes in the kitchen and smacks my booty or something like we have that that connection that twinkle that is like okay we might be running at 50 different speeds in completely different directions but just that little smack on my butt while I'm washing the dishes or something is like oh all right you're my person yeah Mm -hmm. yeah Lorelai is the only thing smacking my butt (laughs) I remember when Jack went through that phase. Like, you can't do that in public. <laughs> right. I know. It is. It is. It's a beautiful thing. And yeah. I think if I were to give any advice, I know that I'm probably not the best. But I always say, take care of yourself first. Yeah. And then what you have left over, you can give. And if you're not able to give much, it's okay to admit that to your partner. It's it okay is. to admit that that is where you're at. Um, male or female, yeah. uh, lesbian, gay, whatever your your dynamics are, I think, you know, they always say communication is key, but at the same point, how you are understanding it is key too. What are the goggles? What are the earmuffs that you're listening to it through? Because we all have filters on. Yeah. We all have our own filters through mm-hmm. our trauma, through our hurt, through our day-to-day life that we're hearing, you have a bad day and somebody says something, you're probably a lot more likely to hear it as a negative versus a positive thing. So just I like you said, the way you might get sitting down and really getting real with each other, not stepping, you know, tiptoeing around each other, not um, just assuming the other person knows. Sometimes it's just good to say it out loud and and have the cry session or get mad and mm-hmm. feel the emotions and just be willing to be vulnerable and feel that and with each other. And you have to. And that was his whole thing with it. Like, 
he he wouldn't let anybody in. He felt so damaged and traumatized in his own life with his own abandonment issues that he wouldn't let me in. And it I, as you can tell from the Dr. Jennifer Freed, like I need that connection and that communication and those deep conversations. Mm-hmm. That's what I needed. And I didn't realize it at the time. Yeah. You know, and that that is something too, is you don't even know what to ask mm-hmm. for, what you do need. And because you don't you don't take time no. to put in. I always tell people like just uh, take some take some time apart. Work mm-hmm. on you know when you take that time apart and you you know split the kids, ha- ha- yeah. them stay somewhere, you stay somewhere. It doesn't mean you have to get divorced, no. but just take They're a break. Resilient. And he's gonna have the kids half the day, and you're so he's gonna learn what it's like, and you're gonna either go back to work or whatever you're gonna do. You're gonna do the same thing, and you guys are gonna split everything down the middle. And you're going to take care of yourself on those days you don't have the kids. Like, you're going to go do something for yourself. Mm-hmm. You're going to date yourself. You're going to do those things. You're going to love on yourself. And he's going to do the same. Yep. And I guarantee when you guys come back together, it's going to be – you're going to have a lot more appreciation for each you other. You are. You're going to have a lot more understanding. But, again, it takes both parties. It does. It takes two willing participants. It does. Don't force things. That is what's that was what was so hard. I begged. I begged – my ex I said can we we need help like I can't do this I begged him and he was like well yeah set it up and I said no like I'm not doing everything in this Mm -hmm. for you to come in and look like a knight in shining armor every single time like it's not fair no no and so it was very much uh it it you felt although I felt alone I felt even more alone like I was I was the only one fighting for this, and mm-hmm. I don't think he had any clue how intense and dramatic that was for me in general, right? Um, you until don't. Until after the fact, but. And that's where we were at, too. I was totally off, like, yeah, I'm done. And he was, like, ple- like just clinging, please, please, please. And I was like, nope, not doing it. Yeah. And then you finally, you know, then he was like, all right, I'm moving on. And I was like, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> not without me. <laughs> Let's try this again. Cold yeah. hit. And we do love each other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's the thing is, you know, if, if it had to come down to love, that would be great. Yeah, but, exactly. you know, love, love is, is an action. It it's is. not a feeling. Mm-hmm. And so it really takes and it goes for every relationship we have, yes. our friends, our parents, our kids, us. It really takes time and doing the actions that show and and, and healing your conscious and your subconscious you and understanding. You can understand something logically, but you have to take time to feel it you too. Do. And those are core, core things that are yeah. important. Yeah. So. And that's why COVID was so good because we couldn't do anything. Yeah. We had to feel our emotions. Yeah. We're forced. So yeah. sometimes those forced situations are a blessing in disguise for you. That is very true. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for sharing your al- your Allie. Thank you for showing. Oh, my God. I still can't she talk. She can't talk. Thank you for sharing your story, Allie. Right back at you. Good gravy. What's wrong with me? You betcha. Oh, yeah. That's Minnesota accent. Sven and Ollie. <laughs> I love it. 
Well, I think this was a really amazing episode. I can say it was good to Yeah, we didn't discuss. even get through our like all of our divorce statistics with it, yeah. but I'll put them on our on Yeah. Our, um, we'll link it. Yeah, we'll link it. Mm-hmm. So, thank you guys so much for listening. Yes. We really enjoyed this and I hope you guys do too. Have a good day. Stay twisted. Thank you for listening to the Twisted Sisters podcast. We'll now leave you with a little bit of wisdom from Allie and Samantha. Imperfection is beauty. Madness is genius. And it's better to be absolutely ridiculous than absolutely boring. Twisted Sisters. We're all a little twisted. Twisted.